I might just literally free roll into this because the intros on this podcast are really terrible and the consistency of this podcast is also really terrible. So I guess welcome back to the Tracks of Running podcast. I've been wanting to change my name or change the Tracks of name on this. So I'd like to hear your input. Should we change it to Tracks to Talk? Because that's kind of, like, kind of like Track Talk. Or should we leave it with Tracks of the Running podcast? I feel like it's very generic and I just kind of want to switch it up a bit. Oh, you're asking me that question? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll ask you. you. Uh, Audience yo, as well. Tra- Trackstar. I mean, your name is pretty stapled. It's pretty stapled on Instagram and stuff. Like, people know what Trackstar is. I'd just keep Trackstar, honestly, if I was you. Because uh, we know, you know, like, you make a lot of noise on Instagram. You have your YouTube that's growing and stuff. I would just keep everything, like, uh, unified into one, for sure. You could yeah, have, like, true. or something backed by Trackstar or, like, you could change the name of the actual podcast. I know for us at Horizon, we have our, like, our podcast is called Expanding the Horizon, but then we're the Horizon Track Club. So it's like kind of worked out into it. Yeah, I was looking at trying to like expand into in the terms of like you said, like acquiring, do you like where it's like powered by Trackster and like getting a few different other podcasts? And we've got one out in Australia, but it's just what with what Cities Mag do, like they seem to have such a good setup. It's trying to find the balance of how to prioritize all different podcasts as well as the Trackster one because. I really want to expand the content and I'm sure this is something we get to talk about quite a lot in terms of how we sort of run social side of things as well as trying to run, I guess, a business and other things like that. But it's like, I'm always curious to how cities do it because I feel like they're sort of paving the way in terms of whatever they do. I try to look at, okay, how can I implement this into what we do? And something they do really well is have a really extensive podcast network, which I think builds great relationships with, uh, with guests. Right, right. Yeah, I guess you can have the, so you have two podcasts right now. You have the Trackster podcast and then you have another one in Australia, you said? Yeah, so it's it's more low-key. I, I haven't really announced it. It's more, we're going to start working together and like I get them some guests sometimes and then we'll sort of, you know, do different podcasts. And then sometimes if they do certain content, we'll share it on our Instagram or so just promote with? the podcast. It's uh, Sticks and sticks and Stones or Sticks and Bones. They'll probably hate me for getting the name wrong. But it's, it's, a, it's a young guy um, who are one of my earliest followers called Isaac Bibble. Um, and it's his podcast. I'll tell you the exact name because I feel really bad saying that. Yeah, it's because, Sticks and Bones. It's Sticks yeah, and Sticks Bones. And, that's it. So that that's the podcast. Uh, but we're just, we haven't really done anything yet. I'm kind of exploring what to do with it. But as we're on the subject of podcasts and guests, why don't you introduce yourself? Because I feel like this is the longest I've gone into the podcast without actually introducing the guests. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So my name is Carlos Vargas. Uh, I'm the co-owner of Horizon Track Club. Uh, so we're uh, an aspiring professional track team here in Canada. Uh, right now, we're not, I, I wouldn't consider ourselves professional um, yet. We do have professional level runners, like we have uh, that run under our banner, uh, but we do identify ourselves more so as a brand. So even though we're called the Horizon Track Club, uh, it's, it's a brand right now. We're a running inspired brand that also has lifestyle clothing that we're going to release uh, up in, in September. We're going to have a new release. Um, and so, yeah, right now we do have like really good athletes that run under our banner. Like I said, we have Cameron Presidiat, who's representing Canada and at Worlds in Eugene. Um, he has the Canadian record in the indoor mile. He ran 352 and then outdoors he ran a 336 low in the 15. Um, and then we have two up and coming, like really high level athletes that run under our banner, uh, Charlie Danat and Aaron All. Uh, both of them, they, um, they, they're they sub 340 for the 1500 meter. They just ran a 356 mile um, against Tin Man. So we had like almost like a battle. It was three of our boys running against Tin Man Elite last week. And um, they beat us 12 to nine. But uh, if we were to count points, it was like a three versus three team death match type of thing. And so, yeah, Drew Hunter was first, Sam, uh, Sam was second, and we had our buddy Cam. Um, and then it was our two boys, I think, Aaron and Charlie, and then jo- Joey Berriatua. So, yeah, no, it was, it was a good battle. But, but um, yeah, so that's who we are right now. Um, just backtracking a bit, like Cam and Charlie, they run for Simon Fraser University, which is the, on- the only NCAA school in Canada. So we're in the NCAA League, but we actually live in Vancouver, British Columbia. So we're always in the States, you know, competing against Oregon, University of Washington, like all these schools in the States, whether Division One or Division Two, And so, yeah, a lot of people don't know that about Canada, but like we have our own league, our own college league. Uh, it's called U Sports. Uh, and like we're the only one of the only schools that's not in that league that's in the NCAA. 
So yeah, that's so us. I'm, I'm get sorry. I'm guessing the answer to my question I'm about to ask is how does U Sports compare to the NCAA? Is it, it quite a big difference? Not really. I don't, it doesn't compare to Division One. That's for sure. Uh, Division Two. Well, I mean, there's like so. I, I'd say the depth. The depth just isn't as deep. So like the top two guys are really solid. Let's say in the fifteen hundred meter or three thousand meter or what whatnot. But uh, U Sports' first issue with it is they only have indoors, so they don't even have an outdoor league. So they have cross country and indoor. Um, they do have like high level athletes compete there. Uh, it's like really special. Like, I think there's only like fifty schools in it. Uh, cause like in Canada in general, there's not as many universities as in the States in the States, like co college, I, I think there's like 1600, over 1600 colleges with it, whether it's like division one, division two, division three, there's junior colleges, there's NAIA. So with all of that, like, there's just like a lot more depth in there. I'd say U sport probably compares to like mm, division two or even division three, maybe. Yeah. But, but. There, there's some high class athletes there it's just not as deep that's what it's kind of like in the uk like there's the caliber at the top is high but then you know to make a final you can run considerably slower than the ncaa's even to make the ncaa's you can you know you can win championships most of the time in the times it in the uk and i think our universities like our best universities probably compared to d2 maybe even d3 setups as well and that is our like top level universities so it is scary and also a bit sad to see the difference but i feel like that's something that i didn't know first of all that canadian universities compete in the ncaa's but also it's kind of interesting oh, we're, we're to see the that one. we're the only okay. one so in general it's not a thing no one really knows but yeah so is that was that a choice by the university to obviously have better opportunities to race or yeah i think it is i mean it's a college-wide thing so like our football team our soccer team volleyball etc they're all actually also in the ncaa so it was more so like a decision from the university itself. Uh, we used to be in the NAIA and NAIA kind of compares to division three, I'd say. So it's like another division different in the States. We used to be in that one. I think way, way back, we might've been in the Canadian league. Um, but yeah, now we're, we're division two. Uh, and I mean, our runners are, I'd say almost like division one caliber. I mean, Aaron ran 338 in the 15. Um, and Charlie just ran a 356 mile. So I think they would be competitive division one as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Uh, we also have, um, we have um, a, a woman called, a, a girl named Allison, um, who Andrews Paul, uh, she runs under our banner sometimes as well. Horizon, like, I mean, she's a supported athlete. So like with through Horizon, what we do is we're, we're a brand, but we do also just support athletes. Uh, in whichever way we can because obviously like the sport of track and field like a lot of people aren't really like supported the way they should in my opinion and so um, we try and like give like free shoes to some people or like support them with like free nutrition where it's like uh, having them like get a sponsor for like protein or something like that and so we, we support like Allison um, and in that sense she's a 202 800 no 201 no two sorry 202 800 meter runner yeah she runs 202 and she's from New Zealand initially um, she went to Baylor division one school and then transferred to SFU. And so, yeah, we're kind of like growing into a brand where we want to just like support Canadian athletes mainly, um, or like athletes that compete in Canada and then ultimately become that Bowman track club or like become that one like team in Canada that people know. We're definitely like replicating the same model as Tin Man, um, where like we have merch sales and stuff like that. Uh, but like in Canada, there's no pro team, like there's no professional teams at all. Uh, like it's it's just weird there's definitely like professionally um sponsored athletes like there's some athletes that are with nike there's some athletes that are with new balance etc but all, all in, on an individual basis there's no teams though like there's no pro team so like we're, we're aspiring to be like that one pro team that everybody knows about uh, across the world so i want to touch on that a lot because i've shared similar interests in the uk in terms of how there's no teams but i want to take a step back a second as we were talking about the tin man mile how does something like that go about like how did you decide that, that was going to be the battle between you and tim man was that a pre-organized thing or was that like these are the entry lists let's make this a thing yeah we saw the entry list like me and uh, the co-owner horizon jose uh we saw the entry list like two days before and we saw that our boys were like ranked really high there uh and the amongst the tin elite athletes and we saw like okay well well like i i personally know a little bit like i talked to sam parsons sometimes and i was like okay so there's sam joey and drew hunter and then on our side we had three 
and like looking at their PRs, they were like all very similar uh, in the 1500 meter. So I was like, yo, let's just like hype that up and make it as if it's like a team deathmatch type of thing, like two teams going against each other. I think in general, that'd be cool, right? If you had like Barman going against OTC and stuff like that. Uh, and like the team aspect is what like Horizon, like we really like focus on. And I think like 10 men are very similar where they like help each other as a team. And like, they're very like team driven. And it's almost like translating that college vibe to like the pro level. Cause like once you're done NCAA, a lot of athletes, they like they're alone, like training alone all the time and stuff. So they don't have like that team support. I think the team, team energy and team aspects really, really helps you like elevate yourself to a new level. Uh, and that's like the case for us where we have like a lot of really good up and coming runners and we're like all very tight knit as a team and we always hang out together and stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's really, yeah, how it came out to be, but, uh, yeah, Tin Man and Horizon, that was just, we just saw the, the entry list and decided to make a post about it. We chefed out a quick graphic, like me and Jose were in uh, Portland, we were racing this Town race there. And um, yeah, we we're, were out there um, and we just saw that, made a graphic, posted it. <laughs> That's how we go about things usually. And, and in terms of Tin Man and I guess sort of paving the way, not just for teams or from, especially teams without the back, backing of a brand originally, but also yeah. from a content production point of view as well as like growing up following again from nothing. How do you like look at Tim man and see them as not, not sort of copying what they're doing, but sort of taking inspiration from what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And- they're, they're, they're a pioneer in the game for sure. Cause as you said, like a lot of teams, like they're really good and they're backed up by a big brand. Right. But like Tin man, they can like just grew their own socials, grew their own stuff. And then at one point they integrated Adidas in it, uh, but they still keep their own like team identity, their team branding, uh, which is super dope, I think. And like, they still have a say with like what they release. They have a, it's like, I feel like that way you give more power to the athletes. But so how we're integrating it is, um, you know, you, you'll see in the, in the next couple of months when we do some releases, but we'll definitely have like a, we'll be backed up, backed by a brand at one point for sure. Um, especially like looking at the caliber of athletes that we have. Um, and so like some of them, like Cam, he should be like already like, have a pro contract like he went to world indoors world outdoors he's a canadian record holder like how are you how is he not gonna have a contract he's actually also a doctor so he's like doing his practicum right now working like 24 hour shifts grinding it and then going to practice so like you know like i think he he definitely deserves that uh, and will help we're helping him expose get more exposure but to go back to the content creation thing you said i think that's something that's like that used to be lacking in the sport and like now like that teams like tin man create more content like it gives like aspiring athletes like the ideas that like yo you need to be like showcasing yourself as an athlete as well so it's one thing to be running fast but i think like being an entertainer and like showing like like creating some hype about your, around your races or creating some hype around your uh, personal branding i think in my opinion is very important and that's what we do at horizon where we try and bring out the best in every athletes uh, that run under our banner so yeah and and how is your like yourself focused on different things how do you spend your time trying to develop horizon in the best way possible because it's very easy to spread yourself really thin across every single different avenue so how do you sort of go about day-to-day as well as training totally totally yeah it's a lot like it's definitely a lot because i have a i have a full-time job as well and i train i train as well at a high level um like indoors i run a 401 mile so i'd say i'm like pretty elite like getting there to that point and training with the boys. I mean, I train with the best runners in Canada. So, I mean, it's elevating, elevating my game. But in, the, in order not to spread too thin, what we're doing right now is like we're incorporating like a lot of younger athletes that run um, under our banner and that run with our singlets in the summer. And so uh, a lot of those athletes that are in university right now, a lot of them have skills that they can use to help us out. So, for example, like for our podcast, we'll have like someone else lead it. Uh, so I, me and Jose have been doing a lot of the work, but you guys all see on our channel like our horizon track club channel you'll see like other guys pop in sometimes because they'll come and help out and so uh we'll compensate them uh and they'll they'll just be like helping the business grow in general uh so everybody's gonna have this different role so really like in like assigning role that's how we're gonna grow the business like we'll have someone doing the discord moderation we'll have someone like focusing on youtube someone that's gonna film a bit more and like me and the co-founder jose are gonna like lead things a bit more we're definitely gonna keep editing our own videos because like uh, I think like our vlog game has like, it's starting to pick up and uh, even like the video content that we release on, on Instagram, like we have a, we have a reel right now that has like 130,000 like uh, 130,000 views, sorry. And so for us, like 
we're like slowly growing, you know, like it's not like we have a crazy following, like we're at 1400 followers, but honestly, like over the past two weeks, we've gained a lot of traction. I think we gained like 300 followers or something. So um, that's because we're just like pumping out content constantly, um, showcasing our athletes, but also connecting with others. So like we like to connect with other athletes, like, or like other like brands or track and f- track and field content creators like you, right? We just like to, to, to get the conversation going and that's how we've been growing. Yeah, and I think that's it's really important to sort of, I guess, set targets in terms of not just the team performance, but also the performance of how you are doing on social media or how you are interacting with other, like, I, I don't know how to word it, like other people's fan bases. Like, I've, I saw big, like, power and something I've not done enough of is recording podcasts with guests because every single time you record a podcast, you're getting their followers in. And then, you know, it's the, it's collaborating with different runners, I think is really crucial, not only to grow your brand, but to also provide, I guess, some sort of, uh, I can't remember, I can't figure the word off to my head. You, you get in. You get different perspectives also, right? For people also. A hundred percent. And I think that's another thing. Like there's so many different, I think running is a very, a sport where you don't really get to see people's perspectives and opinions often. So if you're someone to bring that to light, and you're highlighting, like, say, Horizon Athletes' story, like you said, a doctor as well as someone who's training at an elite level. That is a yeah. story that people are interested in. And not just yeah, exactly. in running, that's a global story. Yeah, because everybody, like, as a person is special, right? It's just that we, like, bringing it out is something different. Like, a lot of people, they're not going to go out of their way to showcase who they are. So, like, for us as Horizon, it's our, t- it's our job, like, to, like, bring out the best in athletes. So we want to bring out the best in our, like, high-level athletes and showcase who they are as a person because like track is just like in general like it's it's like okay you run a time but like you don't want to like just be that one guy that runs a certain time and i've heard that before and it's like everybody has a certain personality so like it's cool to showcase it even showing the before and after that's why we started vlogging like we want to show like what happens before the races when you're getting ready and stuff and then what happens after like everything that's kind of like goes around running as a lifestyle like as, as, as an overall lifestyle and also that's that's how we're like trying trying to ex- expand uh, being like a running inspired brand and so we want to even expand outside of running you know we want to have people like rock our stuff because or like people discover what running is about through our brand uh, so like that's really like we, we think a bit more like global, a bit more like big outside of track and field outside of running as well so that's why we like give it a cool feel to it uh, and like we have a lot of like hype stuff like we hype up our stuff like very well I think and uh, I think we need a bit more of that um in, in the sport just like a bit more conversation going uh, a bit more hype like competition friendly competition obviously um yeah and how much of that do you think is on the athletes backs in terms of should they be vlogging themselves or should they be trying to create this hype themselves because in any other sport really you've got pundits you've got different networks doing the work for them where do you think that lies with the athlete's responsibility at the minute because let's be honest there's not really many news like stories there's not many publications what can sort of and even if when it happens is like when you highlight some sort of drama, it normally gets frowned upon. So where do you think the yeah. line lies between what the athletes have to do and what brands should be doing more? Yeah, it, like referring to what you just said, it sucks that the drama is taboo in a sense, right? Like having like drama and track and field, it's like a lot, it's really like frowned upon. And like, I think we need a bit more hype, like a bit more competition, a bit more like even like shit talk, honestly, like people should like shit talk a little bit in my opinion, like, like being respectful, obviously, but like it's cool to just like have a little bit of that going. But in regards to like the responsibility of, of the athlete, I think when you're growing, that's what we're trying to do as well. Like when you're growing and you're not at that level yet, like high level, I think you should try and like definitely work on your social media. If you have that vision that later on, you're going to be a pro runner. I think your social media and all that is very important is the new game. Cause you know, back then, like there was a lot of money in track and field and like really high level athletes would get paid a lot. Uh, because it was broadcasted on television a lot uh, and like brands didn't really in my opinion I think brands didn't really have a way to measure the returns on their investment on athletes it's just like okay if you're fast then you're fast then you're going to be like on tv so that's their only way to like measure their return on investment it's like okay that one athlete was like at five diamond leagues and whatnot he was like on the tv or he was on at big meets he was on the tv but now they have a way to measure it in another way which is like through your social media like if you have a discount code or what like stuff like that which you see like a lot or like if you have a link in bio or or whatever like if you're like a nike athlete i think like 
they'll like probably measure that like very strictly and so like i think like growing your your social media is is important but at the same time like when you're focused on being a pro athlete it definitely sucks to have to think about that so that's why like a group like us like or tin man like they have like a videographer following them right tin man like all year so like they don't have to focus about like getting a coach to film them or getting someone else to film them. And like, I was listening to like a podcast, like another podcast that Sam Parsons did. And that's what he was saying. He was like, it's just annoying to get your coach or get a friend to like film you and all that. And that's so true. Like I've been doing it for a while. Like I'll just get like people to film me at the track, like get a homie to come through and like film our videos or like, let's say as soon as someone's injured, like, like we'll get them to come bike with us and like film our, our race, uh, film our, sorry, our workouts and stuff like that um definitely a lot to think about uh i think it's a i think it's a 50 50 thing where it, it, it obviously the sport isn't there uh at a place where like we get that much media attention yet uh but i think if we like work all together and grow it more then we'll get more interest how do you think this is for me being curious as well because i have to sort of do it a bit how do you find trying to work in the running space and growing a brand in the running space whilst also training because it's, it's kind of hard to switch off, especially when you have it from two different verticals. Like I'm either thinking about running performance or I'm thinking about Trackster as, as a running brand. So how do you sort of go about that? Because I find it so well, hard. Thing is for me, running becomes a vice where like when I'm training hard, like I forget about like the business side of things. And like my mind's always rolling. Like if I'm sleeping, I'll have meeting, meetings in my head when I'm sleeping. Like, no lie, I'll wake up with ideas for Horizon. I'll, I'll wake up, like, in the middle, middle of the night, and I'll be like, yo, like, I should do this for Horizon. I'll take notes. Like, because my mind's just like that. I'm, like, super, like, creative, and, like, my mind's always active. But then running becomes a vice for me where, like, when I'm running is that only time where, like, I'm not thinking about these things. Like, sometimes if I'm going on an easy run, I'll actually think about these things. But let's say I'm, like, doing a high, like, a high-intensity workout with the boys, like, this is the only moment that matters like just the present it's like you're getting you're all in a race or in a in a workout and like when you get into that zone where you're just like working out it's kind of like advice to your other problems or your other issues or like the business stuff you're thinking about um so so i think for me that's how it is like like that's my my advice when like i feel good when i'm running because i'm not thinking about those business things right um that, that's how i approach it at least yeah, and I think from Traxxer, I got too carried away sometimes with seeing comments whilst I'm warming up or as it's like, I'm checking what splits I've got to hit in a session and I can see a comment coming from Traxxer <laughs> and I'm like, should I check this now or should I not? And it's like, I have like a strange mentality, especially with YouTube. If I reply to that comment instantly, then it might help the algorithm because they're replying again. And I just always feel bad when I'm like, it's <laughs> like bugging me. It, Yo, it, I, I, we do the same thing. It's so bad. But like when we're training though, we don't check our phones at all. Like, yeah. training as a team and like our coach is there and all like no one's checking their phones unless like you're maybe playing some music on some speakers or something but like we're always like a very large team like training together like a whole squad like so so we like always like are just like chatting and like like fucking around together and stuff so like no one really checks their phone but like literally if i'm training alone like i've definitely had that issue where i go on my phone and i'm like oh shit i'm trying to like reply to comments and all that and it's like pretty bad because it's like you should be focused on your workout right it's a hard balance to have um yeah, I don't know about the algorithm thing, but it's definitely like kind of like a, it's just like an instinct that we have as creators. We just want to like straight up like go with like comment right away. And it's so bad sometimes because like even with Jose, like because we work together, like we'll always be talking about Horizon like literally all the time and like how to grow it, how to grow our runners, how to grow our brand. Uh, and right now we're like designing clothes, new, new clothing and stuff. And it's like literally like sometimes we'll... <laughs> he'll pull up to practice with his like laptop and like I'll have my SD card and he'll be like loading stuff into his laptop while we're going for a run, like in the locker rooms or something. And it's like, damn, that's like juggling both worlds is definitely very intense. Um, it is what it is, man. Yeah. It's good that you've got someone else to do it as well though. Cause like yeah. if I'm at training and I'm like having a camera and I'm like, okay, now I need to move this there and then get this oh, shot. And then it's just like, yeah, that's tough. You do it's that for workouts, right? You like you move your camera and you do it yourself. Yeah, well, I've so, started to get my girlfriend more, but like, in back in the old days, or so like even now, I've got my camera the other day, and it was like I was moving it around from different, like trying to prop it up in different places. But then eventually, my battery died. I'm like, I'm not going into my bag and getting a new battery out and putting it in this camera in the middle of my workout when I'm trying to run. Like it was a lactic session as well, so I'm like, I'm no way am I compromising. Oh, oh my god, doing that. no way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. 
I wouldn't do that. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm sort of trying to say, like, separate them completely in terms of when you're running, you're running. And when you're, like, doing running work, I guess, it's different. But like, mental switch. You got to switch up the mental switch. It's almost like work, working with friends is also something that's tough. Like, because you're always talking about business. And, like, literally, like, with Jose, like, li- that who works with me, who owns Horizon, like, we went to Portland, like, Stumptown. We raced there. And then like we had one day where we were like, okay, let's just like literally chill. So like we went to Beaverton and like looked at like the Nike headquarters there, like ran around there. We saw like, you know, like Donovan Brazier was like working out there on the track and all, and we're like enjoying it. Right. And then we went to like a pool just to chill outside. And I like kept like bringing up ideas about Horizon. And he was like, yo bro, like just just have a day off where we're like not thinking about it. And for me, it's hard to do like some, he's better at it. at just like tuning it off. I'm like, for me, it's super tough to tune off. Yeah, I think my, while we're on the subject of that, my worst um, like experience of that was when I went to two two different Diamond Leagues and I yeah. noticed after the Diamond Leagues that I'd done more tracks to work and actually enjoyed watching it. And it was so no, upsetting to me afterwards. Exactly. And I was like, I was watching it through a phone rather than watching it in the stands. And like one of them was when Chepta guy broke the 5K world record. And oh I was God, literally yeah. watching it through my phone screen, filming it rather than watching it. And I was just like, this needs to stop. And yeah, it's, no, it sucks, man definitely sucks i that definitely had that feeling as well i've had the same feeling as you for sure man for sure sorry, I'm just... it's all good if i'll just yeah. but i'm getting your discord through a tiny bit on the on the note like on the notifications yeah, I, just, I just i just closed it all right good stuff maybe i'll leave that in just to show that how real this podcast is um, <laughs> yeah leave it in honestly you don't need to cut anything out um, so i was gonna ask like as this is again me being curious, hopefully people find it interesting. How do you have like obviously horizon? You have goals and targets. Like what what are some of those in terms of the short term goals and then long term goals? And then how do you sort of look at it and go, I'll be happy by let's say the end of this year if we do this because it's obviously performance goals and then also growth goals. So what are your goals, I guess, for horizon as a whole? Yeah. So so we've kind of like been thrown into it um, and it's happened organically. Like at first we were just like, I just graduated from Simon Fraser university. So a lot of guys that run for horizon are at SFU right now, or they just graduated right now. We're trying to expand and get athletes that are outside our realm. But when we started there, like really like, we just like wanted like singlets to run it in the summer. Cause during the year we ran it for SFU and in the summer, we're still training together, but we were running with like random, random singlets, like random ass, like Nike, Adidas, whatever singlets. So like, Hey, like we pull up to a race and like, no one really knows we're a team. So I'm like, I just like got a bunch of singlets made and like the guys started wearing them and they got like at the Olympic trials last year, they got a uh, second, third and fourth. And so we're like, yo, and it was sick as they were rocking the horizons. So that's where it started. And then like me being me, I just started growing it and like growing the Instagram and social media, like right away. But uh, our first goal was just to get like some type of support for these athletes. And so we got like a, a shoe sponsor. Uh, it's a shoe brand, um, actually a shoe distributor, sorry, uh, a running store uh, called Fit First Footwear. That's like right around the corner from where we train. So everybody goes and like buys shoes there regardless. So they, they gave us like a lot of free, like free shoes for our like high level runners and like support that way. And so that's how like it happened. Then I was like, yo, like there is like value to what we're doing here. Cause like a lot of brands are interested and then we got like throughout the year, we've gotten reached out by a lot of running shoe brands. We just really didn't like what they had to offer or didn't vibe with them. And like, we really need like a brand that's going to understand us, understand what we're trying to do, understand our vibe. And like, let us really like be like creative minds and like have our creative freedom. Uh, but like our goal for the next year is to one, like get a full, like, I guess like all the athletes get them like fully geared up and fully sponsored where like they, they can have like, let's say like, especially our elite level runners that are supported by Horizon get at least like 15 pairs of shoes each. Like I don't want them to pay for shoes at all. Like it gets expensive if you're buying like carbon plated shoes and stuff like that. It's like definitely like gets to like over a thousand, a thousand dollars a year for sure. Like easy, you know? So like, that's our goal, like supporting them. We definitely want to grow our, um, our YouTube um, like subscribers and channel in general, because we're vlogging a lot. Uh, so we want to grow it to like probably uh, over like two, 3K fo- uh, subscribers. Like we just started last year. So like it's been a year and uh, and just grow our Instagram. Um, we just want to like be, grow to be that one Canadian pro team. So like next summer, 
we want everybody to be geared up with um, one backer, um, a shoe brand. And um, we're going to have an announcement coming up in September. And like you guys will see which, which, uh, which brand we'll go with. But uh, yeah, we're negotiating that right now. Um, ultimately, ultimately, we want to have all the time. I want to have a videographer follow us because, you know, the, the issue that you were saying were like, you're literally like training and like managing video and stuff. Like it shouldn't be like your responsibility to do that. Like, like we should get like media, you know, like basketball and soccer and all that. They always have like media following them and like creating stories around them. Like I want to have someone do that for us uh, where I don't need to go out my way and do it. Uh, so that's the goal. Um, one of our main goals for sure is to, to do that um, and just become that one. Yeah. In the next two, three years, just really be that one Canadian track and field pro team that everybody knows about. And the only one right now, we're the only one. Do you think it's sort of powerful, like in, in your own sort of, I guess, Canadian is sort of paving the way for other maybe Canadian groups to come forward in the 100%. future? 100%. Like we see like, when you start doing something, some people try to replicate it and like it creates like friendly competition. Like we've seen a lot of like new Instagram pages in Canada pop up with like similar ideas or like people that are business minded that I know that are in BC or in Quebec or wherever, like wherever it is in Canada. Like a lot after we started doing that, like a lot of people started like doing similar things than us. And it, it's a good thing. Like we're not mad at it. Like even if they're some of them are trying to copy our stuff a bit, it's like it's fine. Like I'm fine with it because it creates friendly competition and, and like. I believe that we're always the one ahead and we're always the ones like sort of leading the way in Canada for that, especially for like social media, social presence and like um, showcasing information in a cool way. Um, so, so um, yeah, I think it's good. It's good. It's good to have competition because then everybody's level gets elevated. Yeah. I think there's some sort of authenticity about being the first or being like, you know, I guess the most well-known or, you know, when everyone sort of sees and thinks of like a Canadian team, it would be Horizon because we had this when we were making Instagrams, like there's some coming up, what you like used to name their accounts, like similar to us. And then they'd like do things similar to us. And it was mm -hmm. like, that's fine because whatever we do will then pave the way for what they do. So sort of, you know, we're always going to be authentic to ourselves. Cause you're the, cause you're the leader and they're the followers. So yeah. like, they're going to be following your stuff. Obviously we definitely get inspired by other brands. Like we've gotten inspired even by like um, running brands or like groups, vloggers, creatives like Westfly. Like even Westfly, we got inspired by them a little bit, like got inspired by Tin Man, got inspired by all of these things. We have our own feel and our own vibe to it. Uh, but then definitely I get inspired by like all of those for sure. Just while we're on the good point to stop, I'm just going to uh, end this call and recall because we're too cheap to have premium Zoom. So we get kicked off after 40 <laughs> minutes. So yeah. up. I'll, I'll recall in a second. I'm, my podcast <laughs> listeners are going to be fed up with hearing that because I leave that in every time as well. But... <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. For my little intermittence, um, I feel like I could speak to you all day about the brand side of things and strategy behind growing a running brand as well as training. So I want to get onto some subjects that yep. have been happening in the running world as of recently. And I feel like in terms of from Trax's point of view, it was kind of dry for quite a long time in terms of what was going on in the running world. And then yeah, yeah, we'd be yeah. hit with so many things at once, <laughs> which is which is fine by me because it just means more content. 100%. I just feel like these are kind of game changers in terms of what news has come out. So first of all, let's let's not talk about we'll talk about the club, but from a different point of view. And that is first Oregon Track Club. I just want to speak about their singlet design, first of all, because we spoke about this. And I just I just want to know what you have to say about their uh, singlet design. 
Straight up. So honestly, like, I don't know if we're tripping or anything, but like, it seems like Oregon Track Club, they, in a sense, copied Horizon Track, no like. So I was actually speaking about that with Vince, Vince Cieti. Um, Like I saw him last week in Portland and I was like, yo, Vince, like, did Oregon Track Club like, copy our design or what? And he's like, what? Like, what are you saying? Like, and I showed him. So like, I don't know if there's a way you can pop it up on the screen and people can see like if we're going to post a video or whatever or a picture. But if you guys go check out like our Horizon Track Club, like T-shirts, like we have the, the four stripes where like that goes like this, um, but like across. And so we got those shirts like made like last summer and like released them in like September. And then like all our squad was rocking it. Like everybody was like thought the shirts were sick. And then Oregon Track Club, like they released like their merch like early summer or something. And we realized like, yo, it's actually like the same gradient, like the same exact idea. Obviously it's kind of like a retro feel and all that. Maybe they got the idea from somewhere else, but we just thought it was sus that like, as soon as we release ours, they release theirs. I don't know. I'm not saying like they actually copied us. Maybe they just like got inspiration from us because they have a different gradient, but still we were like, damn, like it looks like they really copied us because we had a picture um, actually taken uh, Jose took a picture with uh, Vince and like both t-shirts like side by side and it's like the same exact like design uh, so we're like it's kind of weird that we, we released it first uh, Vince was saying like yo Oregon Track Club like Nike could not do that like they wouldn't like look at like smaller brands and copy it but I think in general like I'm sure there's like creatives and that are like work for Nike that do look at what's on the come up and so I wonder, I really wonder if like the creatives behind like the OTC uh, singlets, if they like were inspired by what we released earlier on, because we were making a lot of noise with our, with our uh, clothing. And so I don't know. I feel like that's something that brands can do. Like, I feel like you see it a lot on Instagram where like low-key artists are like saying they stole my design, not Nike in particular, but like so many bigger brands can do that and get away with it. But I also think it's kind of cool in a sense, like if you're doing something and then someone else sort of takes inspiration from that, that's nice and then also with a team like Oregon TC you know one of the most iconic running teams yeah. in the world in world history to be honest it's probably one of the most teams in, ter in terms of heritage like out there and that's that's pretty cool even if it was completely unrelated and no coincidence like yeah, just a yeah, coincidence yeah. it's still pretty cool to even yeah, be we're still we're still like we're not we're not mad at it we're not mad at it it's just cool like we're maybe we were you know designing cool stuff and they, they hide the idea from there um or i don't know maybe the same idea popped up in our minds that in the creatives mind we, i just know one thing that we released it before them that's the only thing i know for a fact so it's just a funny a funny coincidence you know and while we're still on the subject of otc i've got two more things about otc first one we'll go on to is mark Rowland is going to canada is that right? Uh, the OTC coach. And with that, you've also got Jerry Schumacher moving to the University of Oregon, which then means Bauman are moving to the University of Oregon. So how do you think all this is going to play out in terms of what on earth is going on with Nike and also just like the running world on the West Coast and I guess upwards in Canada now as well, overall? Um, wait, I didn't know. I knew about Jerry Schumacher going to Oregon. I didn't know about uh, the the Mark Rowland thing. I know I knew he was leaving OTC. Uh, so he's gonna. It seems like he's gonna. Oh yeah. So it seems like he's gonna work for Athletics Canada. So um, it seems like he's gonna work for our actual like national like on a national team level or like uh, be on the on the board there. I'm not even sure exactly which uh, position he'll have there. Um, but yeah, that's interesting because he, he was there. Yeah, he was there with OTC for 13 years, like coaching there. So like, yeah, that's 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 crazy that he's like going to Canada. I mean, like he's coached like people like Nick Simmons and like a lot of like really good athletes that we know. Obviously, right now, uh, he was coaching um, like McBride, uh, so many like the whole OTC squad, right? Um, so yeah, interesting. It seems like uh, yeah, on their team they do have like two Canadians, right? On the OTC team they have William Paulson and Brendan McBride. I wonder if he's gonna be working with them and bringing them along with him. I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're gonna leave OTC and go train there. Maybe Canada's trying to make moves and is trying to have like an actual like real pro team there. I'm not sure, but uh, basically, Athletics Canada is like USATF. So he's gonna be working basically for USATF, mm -hmm. but the USATF version of Canada. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say because I kind of got scared when I mentioned his name and then you didn't know that he. But I, no, I, know... I just saw I just saw the, the article. Like it's it's out there. It's out there. Okay, good. Because I know some people. I'm not going to mention names. Are following him 
so I'm not sure if that involves leaving OTC completely or if that just means change, changing training locations. Yes, but I know some actually, people... Yeah, he's so. moving like in Victoria. And Victoria is like, a, it's on Vancouver Island. So it's an island that's like right next to where I live. It's like an hour and a half from where I live. So it's funny that he'll be there. They have a they have a hub there. It's called like West Hub, um, where like they have like elite level runners. I mean, they're not as good as Horizon, that's for sure. Uh, which is crazy because they're actually funded by Athletics Canada, uh, like fully funded by Athletics Canada. They have a lot of funding and like they yeah they definitely don't have the level of athletes that we have or like that like my coach has in general like Britt Townsend. She has like. Honestly, in my opinion, like one of the, the, the best squad in Canada for sure. Um, because she has like two of her athletes are going to worlds on the women's side and one on the men's side. So that's three athletes going to worlds that she coaches. So that's 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 solid. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do there. It seems like maybe they're trying to create a, a pro group there, maybe. Which I think, is interesting. I think they, might, they might be wanting to create a pro group there. So I wouldn't be surprised if like maybe something like uh, some of the OTC guys that are from Canada move out there and try and try and work out there. That'd be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months. That's what I find interesting, though, because obviously in terms of Nike as a whole, you've got Jerry moving to Eugene, taking Bauman track club with them. So that basically now the University of Oregon is just a Nike factory where they're just sending athletes off to the university, being coached by Jerry. And then as soon as they leave, they can join Bauman. So it's like a perfect setup for Nike and for Bauman because they get athletes and they can also train the athletes. So I feel like Oregon will soon become the best distance school in the country by quite a clear yeah, margin. They, yeah, they're already Which, like a stable, a stable school, right? Like, I mean, Nike was created like in Oregon, yeah. in the state of Oregon. Um, it's like really famous for track and field. I'd say like the track and field hub there is crazy. Like even in Portland, like everywhere in Oregon, there's like different hubs, like, because even in Portland, like, you know, Craig Ingalls lives there with, like, Craig Nowak, and they have, like, a bunch of, like, a big running community there. Um, like, I was actually with them last, last weekend, and it's, like, really cool to see, like, the, the track and field culture that's there. It, it also makes sense from a Bauman point of view, like, Bill Bauman. It's literally named after Bill Bauman, who was a coach at the University exactly. of Oregon. So, you know, it, it makes sense. But I just find it interesting how so many, so many things are happening where you've got Mark Rowland leaving OTC. You've got Jerry Schumacher moving with Bauman to the that's University true. of Oregon. You've got um, was it Ben Johnson not re-signing at Oregon. So it's just like there's so many different moving pieces. And then rumours, I, I don't think I'm allowed to say on the podcast, of different groups starting and things like that. So, yeah, it's, there's so many different things that it's just sort of exciting to see what's yeah, happening, especially with the Worlds happening. And then I guess you've got the California Olympics. I'm not American, but it's just exciting to see. Oh, I'm not even North American because you're not American either. Or is it? I always get confused. It's America. Well, yeah. So North America is Canada and the United States. Yeah. But then the yes. United States, they, they claim they claim America, like they call themselves America, but it's like America is the actual continent, right? So yeah, it's it's. I always say Americans when it's like literally, it's not even America because it's North and South America. So how are you determining <laughs> American? Well, it's but, yeah, it's North America. So North America is uh, yeah. There's North America, Central America, like South America. Yeah. And so like yeah. That's how it is. Either way, it's, yeah. it's close to home, isn't it? I guess in terms of it being that side of the world, and obviously yeah, yeah, the yeah. world three champs. I'm three yeah. hours drive, three hours drive away from the states, from Seattle, right? So, yeah, so it's not. Yeah, 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 it's gonna be interesting to see. It seems like Nike is almost like just, uh, you know, they have their chessboard, and then they're just like taking people and like placing them at different places. That's what Nike's doing, basically. Having spoken to like spoken to a few different Nike people, it's actually remarkable how obviously it makes sense of the biggest sporting company in the world, but it's how remarkable, how planned out things are. Like sometimes you think, why have they done that? Why have they done that? Or like, what are they actually doing right now? But they're always making moves or always trying to make moves. And I feel like when it comes to an Olympic year or a world championship year, they're like getting ready to pounce on so many different things. And that's actually. how they always stay at the top. Like it's always convenient how the shoe regulations seem to fit perfectly with what their shoes are and stuff like that. I mean, I don't want to get into that because that's a different rabbit hole in terms of super shoes and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, it's a different rabbit hole. We could go deep in there. But yeah, it'll be cool to see what happens there. And finally, on the subject of OTC, we have today an announcement that Nigel Amos has been banned for using a drug that I'd never heard of before and, or suspended, sorry, not banned. I guess he's got a 
suspended ban or whatever it is. Um, and it's kind of like something that's not really well known, but it's sort of quite a new drug. What's been banned since 2009, I think, because it, one, it improves performance and also two, it can cause cancer and stuff like that. So what were your initial thoughts after reading that? Because Nigel Amos, I really, I don't know how I can say it now. I really liked Nigel Amos as an athlete and as a person. Yeah. And it kind of hurt to see that today. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, reading on the product and on what he was using exactly, like it seems like I could see how he could have, actually, no, I can't see it. Like he probably knew what he was doing, but like, yeah, I mean, he is shredded. Like, he's definitely shredded and super skinny, right? Um, for an 800 meter runner as well, um, which usually they're maybe a bit more bulky, I'd say. But uh, yeah, um, it, it looks like it's a drug that, like, yeah, like you said, like, is banned. Um, and also, like, it helps, like, you like burn a lot of fat really quickly, and like, it helps improve your endurance. So obviously, there is like a performance aspect to it, where like definitely enhances your it's a performance enhancer that's banned for a reason so yeah it's definitely sad to see that i mean it's gonna be interesting to see if he comes out with a story i see that like he did post something on his ig like talking about it he just said like that he's been made aware of it and that like he's like trying to see like and investigate like where he came from uh but like literally like after looking online like i can see like it's easy to buy like you can just buy it and like literally ingest it like if you wanted to but it's not like a like medically approved so it's like not even like like legal for like pharmacies to sell it but there's still like online online stores that sell it somehow like nutrition-based stores so yeah it's crazy i mean I don't, I don't really know what to think about it it sucks and it's it's kind of a different one i guess to the shelby scenarios which is probably the most high profile doping story because it was sort of straight away they had everything ready and to go and it was like yo shelby was a bunch of bullshit straight up like that was crazy I don't know, like, if I'm allowed to talk about it, but, like, when I went to Flagstaff, literally, like, I'm not making any accusations, but, like, I saw her there, and Bowerman was there at the same time after she got banned. So, like, I'm just saying, like, literally, I was training in Flagstaff, and I would see her run, like, very close to Bowerman, and, like, she's not, like, on paper allowed to train with them, right? So, that's pretty messed, in my opinion. I think that's what uh, Debut Stafford said as well, like, the clarity between were they training with a band athlete or not was very blurred. And that was one of the reasons why she was, why she left Bowman was because of there wasn't much. Oh, really? like she, she didn't know where she stood in terms of was she training no. with a band athlete or not. It's, it's crazy. Cause like, yeah, I think she left like a little bit after I went to Flagstaff and when I was in Flagstaff there, when they were training on the track, like Shelby wasn't there. So they were respecting that rule properly because I was training at the same, I've seen Barman train. Like I was training on the track um, in Sedona at the same time as they were training. And then like, yeah, they seem to be respecting that. But then on the little back roads, like if you were in Flagstaff, like on the, like there's this place called Mailbox where you can go run there. There's like beautiful, like, uh, like uh, how do you call it? Just, just trails, just trails, like really big, like dirt roads. Dirt roads is the word I was looking for really big dirt roads and like they go into the forest and like you can literally like you, there's no cars there even so like i was running there with my training partner and literally I, I saw like shelby she like parked on the side of the road and like went for a run but like barman was there at the same time so that, that's where you're saying like yeah it's like got a gray area like she's there jogging but she's there at the same time as them and like she's still jogging with them so i mean yeah they should have been more careful with that straight up because like i mean i witnessed this and I, I saw it with my own eyes but I didn't really think much of it at the time, but I, I can I do see how like, in that group, you're like, you may be like a little bit uncomfortable being there. And I do find it interesting how at the start, the group all, well, a lot of the group posted like defending Shelby straight away. And they also like had a press conference ready and a statement ready and everything ready. Whereas in Nigel Amos's case, I, I haven't seen any posts from OTC yeah. yet at all. And it's yeah. it's like, I don't understand what's happening and how it's different or like Nigel well, seems like you can't really get contaminated of the drug he was taking. I, I haven't seen anything what says he may have got it this way. So yeah, no, no, I don't think there's anything like that. It seems with the drug he's taking. Um, obviously it was outside of competition and outside of training. It was like in June or something. So it wasn't in competition. Um, it was last summer, I guess he was training. I don't know. Um, how that happened but yeah with shelby it's like just nike nike had it all planned out in my opinion straight up nike had it all planned up 
like it seemed like they just already knew what they were going to say it seems like they're just like placing like I, like I said earlier on the chess on the chessboard they're just like placing everything there and they already knew what they were going to say like the press conference and all that like everything just in my opinion seemed fake but again like she might have not been doping she might have been I think the chances of her actually getting contaminated by like pork uh, that she ate or like I'm a, I, I like I'm a, I'm a numbers guy and like their chances are like very 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 small like under one percent for sure so that's why i don't believe her story with nigel amos i don't know we'll, we'll have to wait and see the story yeah even if if there is a story i think with shelby though last thing on this i don't want to sort of always touch on shelby because it's been yeah. you know, quite a long time ago now um yeah it's one of them where i think wada after like the investigation basically said how it'd be like near like physically near impossible for it to happen and then you've got to eat a yeah. certain amount of but I always, there's always a small percentage of it. It's like, imagine if she is innocent and she is having like, it must be hell. But then it's also like, you could think about that about anything. So it's like, you've got to trust the system is right. Yeah. And it's like, if it's not, then that's absolutely terrible for Shelby. And yeah, just gotta I, I heard that the person that was like making the final decision or the judge or the person that worked for WADA is really strict. Like the person that was put on her case uh, I heard from other pro athletes and sources that they were saying how like that one, uh, I think she's a woman, like that one woman that was taking care of that case, she's like really strict with stuff. And so like, yeah, may- maybe, maybe there's a small thin chance that it was, it was uh, just con- cross contamination. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You, I guess we'll never know the actual truth behind it, but straight up it, it is kind of funky, a funky, funky story to use. Yeah, and maybe that the way maybe the way they did it and spoke about it in the press conferences is the reason I feel like even a tiny percentage of doubt. But that might just be because I've been told it by media and by what they've said. So I, I kind of you know want to trust what's the ruling and stuff like that. You can't really do much more than that. Um, yeah. The next thing I wanted to talk about is obviously we've got Worlds coming up, and you've got an athlete competing at Worlds as well. Is is there any sort of races you're most excited for at worlds in terms of competition other than obviously watching one of your own compete but is there any anything else you're kind of excited to see like any certain matchups um i don't know man i think i think they're all going to be like very interesting obviously the 800 women as well uh i mean obviously i'm kind of biased because like i know people like personally that are like competing there uh but even anyone that's doubling it'll be interesting to see personally how they do because I think there's like a couple of people that are doubling the 15, the 5k, like Jakob. Like it'd be interesting to see if he can pull it out. Obviously, like big fan of him. Um, in terms of sprints, I think like the 400 or like the, the 400 meters always like really dope to see. Um, so I'm interested to see there uh, who wins. Even the 100, the 100 meter like classic race that everybody wants to see, right? Uh, have you got? I, any- I don't really have any names in mind too much other than other than people that I know from Canada and uh, and the states. Have you got any hot takes going into it? For the 15, you mean? Or any any event. Like, I'm trying to think of a hot take that I've got on the top of my head. Kind of can't really think of any. Like, I think Jakob's going to get the double, but I guess that's not really a hot take because it's kind of, you know, yeah. he was one of the best in the five and one of the best in the 15 or was the best yeah, in the 15. Big, yeah, big possibility he'll get double. He'll get both, right? Um, I don't know, man. I don't really have any outtakes, honestly. Like, it's, it's more like I do follow track a lot closely, but I'm so hyper-focused on, like, Horizon as a squad and, like, trying to hide them up that sometimes I kind of, like, forget to, like, really check, like, too much track stuff. Like, um, I'm always thinking, like, outside the box, like, how can we make track, like, appealing to other people? So, like, uh, sometimes I kind of, like, miss out on, like, looking at, at actual results. And, like, um, I am a fan of the sport, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, I'm like very, very much like mile focused, 1500 meter focus that I follow. Um, I think that the 400 uh, is going to be like an event that I really like watching. It's just such an animal, an animal event in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm sad about Gardner's not in the 400 anymore, is he? I was pretty sad about that. But I kind of want Michael Norman to win the four anyway, so I'm happy that yo, he's not actually, racing. But yeah, you know. But yo, the thing is, like in a championship, anything can happen. So that's what's exciting about that, right? Like someone can like even like um at the Olympics when like the uh, the hundred meters like uh what's his name the Italian guy, Marcel Jacobs, 
yeah yeah like jacobs won and it was like in my for me it was like i didn't i wasn't expecting him to win so like i'm really looking forward to seeing like upsets like i like upsets so whenever i see upsets that'll be exciting that's what i'm gonna look forward to any upsets like if there's an upset and someone beats Jack- jacob jacob that'll be sick like if there's an upset i think that's yeah. interesting and do you know what when i think about the men's 15 and again i i really like the men's 15 as well and it's kind of like you kind of look at who he's competed against this year and how he's he's beaten everyone and he hasn't lost in the 15. But then you're like, yeah. Abel Kipsang is scary. Timothy Chariot is scary. And then you, you've got like yeah. Oli Hoare and Josh Kerr, who obviously Jakob has beaten Oli Hoare twice and Josh Kerr lost to Oli Hoare, but they're dangerous as well. So it's like, is someone going to come out of the woodwork and just uh, like obliterate everyone? Who knows? It's, yeah, Oli Hoare could just win, honestly. You never know. You never know. Jake Whiteman could come and outkick everyone in the last 200 if it's like a <laughs> decently paced race. So it's yeah, yeah, the, fi- the 15 is the most exciting event, I think, of the definitely of the distance events, maybe of all the events. But like you said, I've really enjoyed the four and the hundred, and then the four hurdles is yeah. the four hurdles isn't as exciting this year. Like Sydney seems like an league of her own, and then in the men's side, it seems like Benjamin and uh, Warholm aren't quite where they were, they were where they were at so it may be dos santos who actually wins it you know, i think i think those i got the santos no lie i really like that guy like i think i think he might i think he might take it maybe and i think that's great because in the women's side it's always been dylan mohammed and sydney and then femke ball behind but as the third best and on the men's side it's always been rye and carsten and then dos santos as mm. so it'd be crazy to see femke ball come through which is probably more doubtful than the Santos winning. But I just like, like you said, underdog seeing an upset, it's always exciting. Any upsets, yeah. And the the thing I normally ask people at the end, and this is different for you because you just mentioned it, how to make track and field better. And I normally say, if you had unlimited money or if you could change one thing, rather than asking you if you change one thing, I want to hear some ideas of how you adapt, maybe track and field, improve it, or different, different ways. A reality TV show reality tv show with track and field athletes maybe they're all at training camp and you have a reality tv show going there where like multiple teams interact with each other maybe something like that would be dope uh seeing the behind the scenes man like there's a lot of athletes don't even know what they do behind the scenes you know we just see them competing we see them competing when they're at their best but we don't even see when they're at their worst so like i want to see people when they're at their worst too you know like i think it, it inspires others uh, I think just having yeah a reality TV show would be cool like see the personalities maybe a dating show bro. maybe like they're dating like a dating show but just for track and field athletes I think that could be interesting that is a great idea it's a shame I'm not at Worlds because I just want to do that in Eugene like as soon as their event's been like set up a dating show where you get like that'd be cool yo that, like a speed dating thing that'd be sick I'm actually like I'm like eight hours driving from Eugene so I'm like but I've been going to the States for the past three weekends. So I'm like, man, like, I don't know. I need to, I don't know if I'm going to go, but if I go, like, I'll try and do something fun. Um, you should do that. I think that's like such a cool idea. Just like get them down. And it's like, have you seen, well, you won't have seen it because it's British, but I'm sure there's different ones in Canada and different ones in the States as well, where it's like, um, it's, there's like celebs go dating where celebrities have dates and stuff like that. So it's like that, but then... Right, that'd be cool. Yo, imagine if we did that with track and field athletes, like we set up dates and then we just film it. They, they're, they're like mic'd up. They're like mic'd up and we filmed it from far. That'd be, that'd be interesting. I'd watch that all day. That would be amazing to me. That is a I brilliant be... idea. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you want to see their everyday everyday life stuff as well, not just them training and, and, and yeah. I think like, honestly, like even like partying is pretty taboo in track, which is annoying because like, if you see like basketball players when they win cups, like they're like popping champagne bottles and like, you know, like drinking in the locker rooms and stuff like in the Michael Jordan um, documentary on Netflix, for example, like you'll see that um, like a lot like shown, but in track, it's kind of like taboo. Like if someone uh, cracks a beer after a race or something, which like, I think it shouldn't be like, uh, I'd want to see like what happens after like all the, all the behind talk, like all of that, even like one thing that was cool, actually. Um, what's his name? Clayton Murphy. Like he mics himself up, I think, when he races. I think that's yeah. a smart idea. I think that's sick. So I wanted to do so that like for working out. Um, but I just 
the mics where you can have long range distance like that is they're quite expensive. So I was like, maybe oh, yeah. maybe in a year's time I'll get one. But like where you can you know get a full a full distance of the track in, the decent oh, amount man. of money. So I was Yo, like, I'm thinking about that now. Like with our squad, like when we're training, we shoot the shit a lot. Even like yeah. between reps, because we're like a, like we're like a lot of guys training together. Like we'll like we'll say a lot of funny stuff while we're working out and stuff. So I think it'd be awesome to like have that because like let's say like sweat elite videos or like workout Wednesday videos like you see the, them work out but like if they're in the distance talking like you don't really know what they're saying uh and sometimes you don't even understand but if you had them mic'd up and hearing them breathe and like hearing them like their steps all that would be sick and even in races like before they go to the track if they were mic'd up from like bef- from before like from when the, they're in the waiting room because like literally like even at Canadian nationals like there's a lot of talk that goes on in the waiting room and stuff like that and after the races when you're cooling down there's a lot of talk that happens. You're like going back on your race, like, oh, yo, this happened. Because during the race, like everybody's focused, like no one's talking. Um, but like after the race, like athletes like always like chat up, chat together and like hang out. But like no one sees that. Well, like, first of all, the waiting room thing that I've had some of the strangest conversations in my life in a waiting room before a race before. Yeah. Like it's always like the randomest conversations because everyone's nervous and you don't know yeah. you want to be sort of, you know, you want to lighten the mood of it, but then you don't really want to say too much. And then afterwards, I feel like runners are, like you said, because there's never personality shown. And runners are some of like the craziest people I've ever like, Actually, known. And after, it's it's because you always see them finish the race. Yeah, I was happy with my race, but you never actually see what they're doing. And that, you know, I was speaking to Ben Crawford about this, obviously new generation track and field. Like yeah. he wants to do a reality show of like not running related at all. Like if he did a podcast, he wouldn't want it to be running. It wanted to be runners. Well, well, like, yeah, literally, like, like we just had a podcast with Craig Ingalls and Craig Nowak. There's also, like, Sinclair Johnson. And I think, yeah, it's going to get released this Friday. So, like, whoever's listening to this podcast, like, go check it out. It's on Horizon Track. Horizon's Track is our Instagram. I don't know if I can send you the link to our stuff. But, like, yeah, we did it, like, in person, like, with, with all three of them. And, like, we're, like, barely, we're, like, talking a little bit about running. But, like, mostly we're just, like, shooting the shit and talking about random stuff. So like, like, I think it'll be like really interesting for people to know. And like, Craig, I mean, these guys are just like such big personalities and they're not afraid to show it. Right. So, so it's a solid podcast, but I think in general, um, if you're like just talking to athletes, like about other things than running, it's kind of cool to just get into their lives. That's what people want to hear as well. Yeah. I always find it more interesting. And I also love it whenever Craig Angles is on a podcast, because it means I've definitely got some sort of content to post on Trackster because he always says oh, something. You'll, get some. like, you'll probably get some for sure yeah that's fine just just make sure i get the exclusive as it drops and then i can you know get it out first um yeah yeah, yeah i can I, say totally totally we'll do I, that i think i think it'd be good to do the podcast here because i feel like with horizon and trackster i, I really want to like work together more and discuss things more so i feel like this is a podcast where we can actually come back like down the line maybe four months time five months time like this is what's changed and talk about everything again because it's just I guess we sure. share quite a lot of experiences in the space. So I'd just be keen yeah, to yeah. leave things for another conversation. So yeah, yeah, you can have even like my my work partner, like like who owns Horizon with me. You could have him, Jose, yeah. another day. Um, or whoever works with us. Like we'll have we'll, our team's growing, our team's growing. So like you'll definitely be able to have more people. If you want to have Cam after worlds and stuff, you can have him as well. Like I'm sure he's open to it. And so, yeah, yeah, let's, let's work together. Let's make the support more high, man. Let's grow it up for real. It's, it's about time. Sounds good. And the final thing I have to ask is, I always ask this, and it's two, it's two parts actually now because I copied this off a different podcast. One is for everyone who listens this far on the podcast, we always get them to DM us a random word so then we know that they've listened this far. So can you think of a word for us to say to them, first of all? Mate. Mate. Just mate. M- M-A-T. M-A-T-E, um, mate. Okay, mate, that's fine. And then... The last, <laughs> is that the, the word? Last, that yeah, that's just a random word? Yeah, just any random word. The better, I, just, like, I, just I, like, I just love those UK those UK words, man. Yeah, like mate, calm. Oh, there's so oh, many, bro. actually. That, UK slang is an interesting one because it sometimes contradicts oh, where, American where's slang. Where's my food, bro? Where's my food, bro? <laughs> nah, no one says bro anymore. That's like... No? Yo, I maybe, watch Top Boy, that's fine. You know Top Boy? Yeah, to, Top Boy, they say it's <laughs> like South London. Um, and, and the final question is um, if you could ask like I'm, it's a surprise I don't even know yet one question for our next guest what question would you want to ask someone else 
Oh, shit. And it's, I don't know who the guest is, right? Yeah. You don't know. Mm. You could ask them. That's one question I think is... Um, if you could like there's that's one question i've heard in another, pod, another podcast i think that i found i found really interesting it's like if you go go um for one run for a run like but just like a conversational run with anyone and just have a conversation with them uh who would it be and where but like it doesn't need to be a runner you know like i could say like johnny depp and like i'd just go for a like chill run in beaverton with him and we'd have a talk so if there was one person that you could do that with, like who would it be? Dead or alive, they could be dead as well. All right. Who, who would you say? Past. Yo, Steve Prefontaine, for real, in Beaverton yeah. on the trails there. I think that'd be iconic. Uh, yeah. Right now, out of my mind, that's who it would be. I think it'd be interesting to talk to that guy. I've, I'd have to say Steve Prefontaine or I'd probably, someone. I'd, yeah. mic myself up. I'd mic myself up to release it as a podcast too. <laughs> that would be... I mean, it's hypothetical, so I don't know why I'm getting excited about the about the concept. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting hyped about it, but it's like it's so it's not happening. Um, but yeah, I I'd probably pick Steve Prefontaine as well. Like when I've ever listened to like the Shoe Dog or anything about Prefontaine, I always get like shivers and stuff, and it's just cool. Yeah. So you watch his movies? There's like two movies on him, I think. I haven't watched them. I need to watch them. I just I'm not a fan of acting of running because i don't like how running's i don't know how like how track and field's portrayed at all in True. films or stuff like that so. it's an older movie though it's an older movie so i think it's it's a bit better but yeah you're right yeah okay i, I guess that, that'll be a question you could ask but it doesn't need to be a runner though it could be like an artist it could be anyone okay and i guess if everyone else is listening to this as well when you put mate also answer that question as well because i found that quite an interesting question probably do that on a post as well for tracks so thank you for a post idea so yeah um thank you for coming on it's been a pleasure and if anyone wants to follow you i'll leave all the links in the description below um and hopefully just stay tuned for a lot more content i guess in the future where we're collaborating together thank you for listening and goodbye at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.